I think during this coronavirus epidemic, the press need to put things into perspective. Perhaps the government, in fact, are deliberately overemphasising the challenges that we all face so that people will take action. But I do think a certain amount of perspective needs to be available. For instance, in today's Telegraph, or yesterday's Telegraph, it says that a further toll of 144 fatalities as of Friday needs to be placed in the wider context of a total of 27,000 deaths from influenza and pneumonia in England and Wales in 2018. Also, the news from China is encouraging with just 39 new cases. So if the UK follows a similar trajectory, this would imply that the epidemic is likely to have peaked in the next few weeks. It's also interesting to note that We've been through these sort of things in the past. 8,000 children were paralysed in in the 1947 polio epidemic without the country grinding to a halt. I think the other issue is also highlighted in the Sunday Telegraph uh, in that if we're not careful, we're going to be stuck with these subsidies the government has handed out for a very long time. Now, I'm not saying that these are not necessary at the moment, but once we've become accustomed to these, it's difficult to know when we're going to stop because there will be a lag between stopping and an individual getting started again. And I quote, consider, for example, the decision to pay workers wages on behalf of their employers. Everyone everyone can see that this will have a huge direct cost, but it will also have an indirect cost as resources are misallocated. Technology causes a certain churn in any employment market. There are fewer secretaries, video rental employees and local journalists than there were 15 years ago. But there's more people working in biotech, 3D printing and online gaming. In a typical year, some 17% of jobs are overtaken by technology. So as well as temporarily freezing healthy sectors, most obviously aviation and hospitality, the coronavirus is accelerating a number of existing trends, such as the move to online retail, Firms like Amazon and Ocado are hiring frantically. When the state steps in to pay 80% of existing salaries, it necessarily props up viable and obsolete companies without distinction. The point is not that state support in an emergency is wrong. A profitable company forced to close because of a government decision such as telling people not to go to the gym, as a strong moral claim to compensation. The trouble is that expansions in state power introduced on a notionally contingent basis tend to linger after the contingency has passed. Consider what happened in 1945. It took years to get rid of rationing and identity cards, decades to get rid of price controls and nationalisations. Parts of the wartime economy are still with us, notably our top-down education and healthcare systems. 
The growth of the modern state is in many ways the story of emergency powers that outlasted the emergencies. Income tax was not introduced until 1799 as a temporary measure necessary for the prosecution of the war. Our colonies managed to hold out until they too were dragged into wars. Direct federal taxation began in Australia in 1915 and Canada in 1916. Nothing is permanent as a temporary government programme, observed Milton Friedman. It is easier to start paying people's wages than to stop. Easier to offer grants to businesses than to withdraw them. Easier to save a company to, than to let it collapse after you've taken on responsibility for it. On Friday, the PM again expressed the hope, a hope we all share, that we might be over the worst within 12 weeks. If he is right, that will be the moment to withdraw these subsidies before people start to arrange their affairs around them. Otherwise, we shall be stuck with them for a long time. I'm not making comment one way or the other, but it's an interesting thought.